So we're back here on another Couch Coach Live. Once again, I appreciate everybody for checking us out tonight. Um, what's going on, JB? Not much, not much. Everything's good. Yeah. And we got a, got a special guest in the building. I <laughs> guy from the South Side. <laughs> yeah, you know it is, man. Yeah. South Side every day, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, got our, we got our guy, Ellie, a.k.a. Yogi, from the River City 93 podcast. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just uh, enjoying it. You know, it's kind of weird having your team be first in the AFC because I'm used to my team, like, blundering everything and not being good at anything. So it's weird that we have, like, the most injuries and we still kind of mess our way up into the first seed. So it's, diff- it's weird. Yeah, if it's always a curious case of the Tennessee Titans. I remember we talked about y'all last year, like, how y'all got a defensive coach y'all defense is trash. Like, we kept on, like, <laughs> just like. We kept I can extend, I can go to a twenty minute rant about that. Like I can break that down. But, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, but yep. So we here. Um, definitely. Uh, once again, here on, on the Couch Coach Live, man. We definitely. Um, like we thought. Actually, we had you on the show, Elliot. Maybe what about at the end of August and beginning of September? Pretty much during the kickers, quote unquote, run to the playoffs. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, your thoughts on um. Just the the overall the season. Um, so overall the kickers made it into the playoffs. Um, I think right before we talked, uh, we were kind of in, in a bad run of form. Uh, we dropped two major games against Fort Madison and Revs two two games that we kind of needed to win. Um, and then all of a sudden this team like kicked in in the high gear, won five straight games against Chattanooga, North Texas, um, Fort Madison, instance. I can't remember the other two teams, but they won five straight. Um, they lost the last two games of the year, but by that point they were already in. And we were kind of going into the playoffs. The kind of collective feeling around the team was from the fan base was just like, just get in. Like, just get in. Um, because in years past, we've been horrible. Uh, the last time that we've been in the playoffs was 2016. Uh, we still have yet to host a playoff game. That streak goes all the way back to 2012, I believe. If memory serves me right. Um, but it was kind of difficult to kind of get in. Um, we played a good game in the playoffs. Like, it ended one nothing. We were in control of the game the entire time uh, against FC Tucson. And then 89th minute, yo, they just had, like, this weird hop shot. It was like, almost like a Steph Curry three-point shot from, like, the other side of the court. And there's nothing you can do to defend it because you're not expecting it. So, yeah, overall, um, it sucked, but it was good to get in the playoffs. I think a lot of the guys needed the experience because no one on our team had playoff experience. So they weren't used to that magnitude, that pressure of it. You know, it's, it's a different feel. Yeah, big time. And that was that – yes, I remember because that was a 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock um, game, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time game. I remember that one. I like Yeah, yeah. Man. Yo, that was wild. Yeah. But – um. <laughs> <laughs> So as we talked about, as you know, now the season is officially over. Um, you know, um, so uh, what's your your off season expectations for this team? Um, so the off off season expectations are kind of going. We're kind of the off season now, so we're starting to get uh, who's coming back, who's signing, who's leaving. Um, for those who don't know or who's looking to start following the kickers, you should follow River City Nine Three. Comes right here. Um, but. Players such as Olex Anderson, um, he signed in North Carolina FC. It was kind of expected that he was going to leave because he wasn't getting the playing time that he wanted. Um, he's kind of like a winger forward 
very, very quick, very agile, but was kind of like one dimensional. And I guess, you know, he wanted to leave to kind of get that um, build up his brand and stuff like that. So he kind of left. But overall, the kickers have brought back, I believe, 10 starters from last year's team. And that's that's good because in years past, the biggest issue has been with the kickers is that by year's end, we had to let everyone go. And now we're signing a whole new team, a whole new squad, whole new eleven. So it's kind of like continuity is going to be a key thing this year. And I think the most apparent thing about Coach Darren Sawatsky that he's looking to do is to take this year's team and build upon what he did. A lot of the concepts that he did last year was um, be very packed defensively and then expand offensively with forward runs, having the strikers interchange between each other. I think this year the key is going to be trying to work on the midfield and make that a solid base because there was a lot of times last year that our midfield just got – sliced and diced through because they were so focused on just being sound defensively. I think this year we're, the goal and the hope is that the midfield can be a little bit more ex- off, uh, expansive and helping out with the attack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kenneth, uh, how, how about the, how about the Simmons last night, Kenneth? Thank you so much for that, for that comment, my friend. Um, I mean, well, what, are, what, what are you doing? What are, what, are, what are we doing here? You, hey, you have to make. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even say anything about oh, what no, happened oh, to no, North Carolina. Oh, Kenneth, no, Kenneth, yeah, yeah. But you said, how about the? Yeah, the Tar Heels looked questionable last night. Yeah. When I see that, but you had yeah. to say you had to bring some oh, no, about the Seminoles. But, but, but Kenneth, you know? is a, Kenneth is a Duke guy, so I had to get uh, I had to get Kenneth on that one because Kenneth, Kenneth, Kenneth be doing that. Kenneth be doing. Everyone's better than Paul is right now. G check added G check him, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, shout, shout out to Kenneth. He'll, he'll, he'll be on here the next few weeks to, to dissect yeah. that matchup in, in a few weeks. Oh, yeah, man. Field. Uh, yeah, man. Georgetown's <laughs> not looking not looking good this year at all. Um, not, I know, uh, I know you and I know you and has COVID or he had COVID and he hasn't coached in a while yet. Yeah, yeah, not looking good, man. Um, what let I, I know you're talking about the Richard Gray. I just have one question because you mentioned the Hoyas. Do you think the yeah. You think the boosters are going to get fed up with him and fire him? So, because I mean, he's royalty there. He, he's he's royalty. He is. He is. He also, is. JT three was royalty. But I think the thing is that's true. I think the one thing about Georgetown is it's you got to be real with yourself. Like this whole program had to be stripped to the bare bones after JT three left because we were still running to Princeton, and we all know that. The only way here you can run the Princeton is if you got the kind of athletes forward. Yeah, not having those anymore because guys, basketball now is, is positionless. You know, um, I think the thing that saved Ewan's job was winning the Big East. Yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah, I think winning the Big East definitely saved your job. I think this year, I'm not going to say he has the excuse of COVID, but I think we had what three players going to the transfer portal. We had. The team get ravaged by COVID, and they just haven't looked right. They look haven't messed right, and it's still a very young team. I think the majority of the team is fresh with a sophomore still. Oh, okay. um, yeah. so we'll see. I mean, I think the goal this year is try to get into the NIT, at least try to get past the second round and go from there and just build the program back up. Yeah. But uh, I, I think the boosters by themselves. I think they're good. They're good. I think they're going to give Ewing the most time because of the fact one he is a legend but two they also know like this is his first coaching gig and where he got the program to where he brought him up to now 
it's pretty much we're building bare bones, basically. It's not like we're bringing in a bunch of five-star recruits. Like, you know. It ain't how it used to be. I put it that way. No, you know? it's not. Oh, wait, yeah. It's not. Right. Because that, right. I mean, that was the thing. Like, Georgia had with the lock on Virginia, D.C., Maryland, because, you know, in place of the black boys, like, we all grew up thinking Georgetown was an HBCU. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right, we all grew up thinking it, man. Um, but now, you, you know, you got your UVAs, you got your tax, you got the other programs out there that are starting to pull for that base. So it's getting, it's starting to get harder, you know, a lot yeah. harder. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, a lot has changed, especially from the recruiting landscape. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So going back a little bit to to, um, to the kicker. So what's your outlook so far? I know we we're you know we're months away from op- opening um, from opening day, which I I'm looking forward to it this year. Since you know now you know with everything that's you know the the you know the excitement with the team so far. So initially now we're thinking just now mid January. Just your thoughts on the outlook of, uh, of the season thus far. What you what you expect? Um, my outlook so far is, well, this week coming up, um, they're supposed to have preseason tryouts. So those are for like college players, ex-pros. They invite, I believe, like 15 guys uh, out. And then other guys, like say, if you just wanted to try out to see if you can make the squad, you can. Um, I went to the last one in December. It was some good quality guys out there. They signed one guy from the camp, uh, Matt Bentley. He also played down in Lions Ridge, down in the 757. Um, for those that don't know, Lionsbridge, they play in Newport News on Christopher Newport's campus. Um, so they signed him this year. I mean, my outlook right now, based on how the season looked, is is very hard. Like, I think – let me see. I'm pulling up the schedule right now. The first five games look uh, – we got two home. We got FC uh, FC Tucson, North, North, Northern Colorado. Um, we're on the road against Chattanooga. At home against Charlotte. And then at home against Florida Madison and Henny Darby. Um, you got four games at home and you got one on the road. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes. I think if Richmond can get out of there with 15 points, well, let me, let me back up. Let me say nine points, possibly 10, I think is a good start to the season. Um, I, I think that's the key reason why Darren signed a lot of guys back. Because it's going to be difficult to go back through and coach a system to a whole new set of guys. Where if you got ten guys that already know their position, you can now go to the next step. I kind of think about it like Bloom Taxonomy, about how you know the basic level is just understanding, and now we're going to implementation and then applying. So now these guys know what to do without the coach already having to explain them like how to defend and hold or things like that. Um. I mean, the key, also the key person that we signed back was the top goal scorer, Emiliano Tazarka, who's also the league MVP. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he does now going into year three, because um, the biggest thing that we've been saying on our show is that he needs help. Um, we haven't had anyone to score in double digits outside of him since he's been on the team. And we haven't had double digit scores going back at least six years. So we definitely need someone else to step up. Uh, to that point, so that all the burden is on him this year. So I'm interested, man, but I, I, I'm going to overhold judgment until I see the first five games, see how we look. Um, because you know me, man. You know when it comes to me, I'm not like just going to throw out a judgment, be like, "Oh, this team sucks." <laughs> I gotta, I gotta see how these five games go. I gotta see how the team is forming because we can draw four and lose one, 
But if the system there and things look right, I feel positive. But if we win in, if we just games, if we five and zero, and I see some concerns, I, I might be a little bit less optimistic. But like, hey, look, I know we four zero and one, but the defense don't look right and the attack don't look right. So we'll see. Yeah, big time. So when is the opening on um, the first game? Um, opening game that is that is going to be April second. Um, they haven't released times yet, so okay, we'll be on the lookout for it. Uh, I oh, have one question. Right. Yeah, I, I have one question for you. So, like, uh, what do you think is going to be the team's like? What do you think is the biggest shrimp? And what do you think is the biggest weakness of the team? Uh let's see. Right now, it's hard to tell because you only got ten guys back. But based yep. off of last year. The biggest strength was obviously this team's defense and their counterattacking ability. We won a lot of games last year, one nothing. We were able to hold off a lot of teams with clean sheets. I think this team's weakness was transitional defense. So pretty much you have three phases of soccer. You have defense to attack and attack into defense. Yeah. So pretty much how do you defend it? How do you defend once you lose the ball? And how do you attack once you gain the ball? Ball, yeah. And a lot of this team, this team will overthink and get themselves stuck in situations to where now we have a 3v1 going back defensively, you know. Um, the other concern is who's going to be the other center back partner because this year our center back, Avon Magales, retired. Um, and we, the other guy that we have, Jalen Chrysler, he's back. But we don't know who's, who his partner is going to be. So it's interesting to see what Darren does in that position. Does he bring in a veteran? Um, someone that can kind of partner with him, or does he go with a younger guy and allow Jalen to be that veteran? So it's going to be interesting to see what he does in that dynamic as well. Big time. But, yeah, so got two almost two months, two months and two weeks. That's just, it's fast approaching. And and then backtrack. Henny Brawl, what's, 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 yeah, I want to hear about that. Right. I, know, um, I, I know you had the picture, the IG picture with the, with the Henny in your hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, so let me explain it to y'all. So yeah. this is the Blackest Derby. Um, for those who don't know, Soccer Lingo Derby is a rivalry. Um, blackest Derby in U.S. soccer outside of the motherland of Africa where everything is black there. Shout out to yeah. the motherland. Yeah. Um, so pretty much it's a rivalry game between Ford Madison and the Richmond Kickers. So this started... We're going into the third year of this derby. Um, so pretty much how it started was my team sucked. Richmond sucked. So if we were playing against Fort Madison, this team that was – if you go look at their Instagram page, Twitter page, they do a great job of connecting to the community. But they were kind of like the media darlings. Like they could do no wrong. They're kind of like the Buffalo Bills, if you want to equate it to that, like of how the – how the media just loves Josh Allen. He could do no wrong and they do crazy stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, we love it. Even though he throws like a sideline pass out of bounds and causes turnovers. But that's besides the point. But they love him. Um, so that was the whole thing. And I was just like, yo. So my friend Kyle, he's a foreign Madison fan, lives up in Madison. And he was like, yo, how, like, do you want to bet on this game? And I was like, yeah, sure. I was like, yo, let's bet a ball in Hennessy because we two black guys. It was like, all right, bet. So that's how it started. Now, the way how it blew up the way how it did is because in soccer is literally the blackest space that people feel most comfortable with. So what I mean by that is, like, the originators of this derby are black. A lot of – we invited, like, tons and tons of, like, black people to this game. So, like, 
I did a whole bunch of recruiting for this game where I was in North Side, East End, West End, like telling people, like, yo, come to this Richmond Kickers game. Because, you know, like in the city of Richmond, unless you know someone that knows the Kickers or unless you live in the West End or Shore Pump, you ain't going to hear about the Kickers, you know. Um, so I did a lot of like word of mouth stuff, but also behind this game in the way how in credit to Kyle as well, like up in Madison, what we wanted this game to be was a way how to reach back to the community, but be having be a space at space safe for the black community. So they it's kind of like an introduction to the game. You might not have never been to a soccer game, but like Chris, for instance, like you've never been to a kickers game, but when you came, you was like, yo, this is like pretty dope. Like, why ain't never played here before? Um so that's how it all went. Now the trophy, you can see it. Um, I'll tweet a picture out of it later. Um, but it's literally like a Hennessy bottle that is coated red and pink for Fort Madison, red and white for the Richmond Kickers, and it is probably the dopest trophy you will ever see. But yeah, it's the blackest Darby in sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, like yeah, that because that was a big game. That was. And you know what's so funny? I was gonna go to the game, but then it, it was supposed to rain that day because there was it, it did actually in theory rain. I like oh crap. What was it like early October rain? I'm like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they postponed it, it literally worked out perfectly because yeah. <laughs> um when we did do it, you know, it was so much better. It was so much better. Yeah, because we knocked yeah. them out the playoffs, so it worked perfectly for me. Yeah, <laughs> definitely gotta definitely gotta partake in that rivalry this time. Rain, yeah, course, ain't no man. shine. Yeah, you, you're right. Jamie, you right, gotta right. come out this too, man. You gotta come out. <laughs> I'll think yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yep. The, um, go and get a catch catch a game on City Stadium, uh, LA Coliseum, uh, uh, Richmond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our relic, our old relic. But hey, we found the beauty of it. So I think that's why I like. Like we we you know we talked about City Stadium and how we you know how we love City Stadium. Like we don't probably only two people in Richmond. <laughs> 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 but hey, it is what it definitely uh, always you know great to talk about the kicker. So we'll do it. We'll talk about the divisional playoffs. Obviously, um, Ellie, you got the number one seed and the Tennessee Titans doing their thing. I've been sitting on the couch for about two weeks. I'm excited. Um, I don't even my team don't even have a name yet. Still got two more weeks to wait on that. So, with that being said, before we get into the divisional round, I got to give my man JB the floor and actually do his rant on. Oh, it's not a rant. Football team. It's not. It's not. a rant. It's just. It's just some postmortem. Um. So yeah. Uh. So uh. Their season altogether is going to end up being a disappointment. I mean, I think that when you uh put together the roster that they put together, you're expecting more than you know one playoff game. I think that they were expecting multiple playoff games. Just my, my my thoughts about them is that like I think that everything that was a problem this year for them reared its ugly head on on Sunday. Um, I actually picked the 49ers to win the game. That's how much respect I have for the 49ers. I think the 49ers are actually a tough matchup for anybody. Like a lot of the stuff that they do well, Dallas didn't do well. So um but the things that were just ugly here, the penalties, uh, 14 penalties for 88 yards. You're not going to win a playoff game. Um, 
when you commit that many penalties. Um, the slow starts, that's another thing, too. Uh, they had a lot of slow starts. Uh, you look at the Oakland game. What did I say Oakland? Vegas. Yeah. The Vegas game. Yeah, the Vegas, the Vegas game, they had a slow start. Uh, Kansas City game, they had a slow start. The Arizona game, they had a slow start. Um, and in the playoff game, they had a slow start. You can't get down, um, you know, 13 nothing against a playoff team and expect, you know, to, like, come back and win the game. I mean, it's possible. It happens. But, I mean, it doesn't happen that often. Um, so, you know, I picked the 49ers to win. Um, I thought that one of the biggest weaknesses also that show, the Raiders likely had, I think people keep thinking back to, like, 2014, 15, 16, 17, and 18. Dallas' offensive line is not that good anymore, actually. Um, they actually have two weak spots on the offensive line with the center, uh, Tyler Biotish, and also with Connor Williams, who's the left guard. So what San Francisco did was smart, man. They rushed for and they dropped seven back into coverage. And Dak uh, was under a lot of the rest in the game and he didn't play well. And I mean, right or wrong, when you are getting $37, $38 million a year as a quarterback, sometimes you're going to have to overcome stuff. And he wasn't able to overcome him. That's why Dallas is at home. Um, where do they go next? I don't know. Um, my thing is this is I think that you have to honestly sit down and have a conversation about Mike McCarthy. Um, when your team is getting penalized as much as they were this year, I mean, I think that comes down to coaching. I don't think the coaches are actually putting an emphasis on, hey, you guys can't have these penalties. If you keep on making these penalties, this is going to come back and hurt you in the playoffs when you go against a good team. So, I mean, I think that you have to, like, look at maybe making a coaching change uh, because I think if you bring back Mike McCarthy next year, you're going to have the same issues. You're going to have penalties. And then also the time management. I mean, uh, let's talk about the last play, man. The last play was just a comedy of errors. Like um, I understand the idea per se, because the middle of the field is going to be open, but you only have 14 seconds and just everything was a comedy of errors or whatever. The fact that, the fucking referee was so far behind the play. I mean, that was just comical to me. I've never, have you ever seen that happen before where a referee is that far behind on a play? No, Normally, I've never seen that happen. Yeah. I've never seen that happen before, but that being said, I'm not going to blame them because you have to kind of, when you're doing stuff like this in the beginning of the year, you practice this stuff. You have to kind of look at a point, something bad like this might happen. Um, so, I mean, um, for you not to even get one last playoff too, man. Like, and my other thing is, what do you want? Would you rather have two, two or three shots at the 41 yard line, a Hail Mary, or do you just want to have one shot maybe at the 28 or the 27 yard line? Um, I think that comes down to coaching, man. Like, um, Dallas did what I thought they were going to do. I, I, I'm adamant about this. I think that last year, if Dak Prescott doesn't get hurt, that they win the division, but I, didn't think that they would do much in the playoffs uh, last year. This year, I thought that they had a chance to, but we, you know, somebody in the NFC was going to get a lousy matchup, and it just happened to be Dallas. I would have rather have gone against the Rams, or I would have rather have gone against the Cardinals um, over the 49ers. But, you know, it happens. Um, what hurts the most is that this team is going to be completely different next year. Uh, there are going to be a lot of people that were key contributors on the team that aren't going to be on the team next year. So, you know, just because you won 12 games one year doesn't mean you're going to win 12 games next year. 12 and 5 
12 and four in years past. That's I think the best you can hope for going into a season because those 13 and three and 14 and two, 14 and three, 13 and four seasons, they don't happen that often. So that's just my, that's my, uh, that's my take on Dallas. I didn't really expect from the win. I thought the 49ers just like were all the stuff that the 49ers did well, Dallas didn't do well. And in a playoff game, it's about matchups, man. And they got the short end of the stick, but they did themselves no favors, like the penalties, uh, the penalties and the mental errors. And that's another thing too. Like a lot of the penalties that they had this year, those were just like, those penalties are the worst penalties. Those are mental errors, like lining up offsides. Uh, you know, the Randy Gregory getting called for holding um, at the end of the game. It's just, it, it's ridiculous, man. So those are just my thoughts. Um, uh, so I'm going to be on a playoff couch with you, and I'm probably going to um, enjoy uh, a pizza on Saturday and Sunday watching the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And shout out to our guy, Jordan, as well, Broncos fan. He predicted his last week as well when he's on the show with us last week. Um, yeah, he's on he's on the playoff couch with us as well, so it is all good. So the only one who is participating is our guy, Elliot. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's the only one. So, so now, you know, we've um, – you know, wild card weekend is over. We definitely now got to preview um, the NFC, NFL divisional round. So before we get started on that one, uh, we definitely want to give a huge shout out to the good folks at Built Bar. Um, head over to Built.com. Use our promo code off the ball where you get 10% off. So, fellas, let's talk about the NFL divisional preview. So go around the horn, fellas. Um Storyline to watch. I'm gonna go with um, go with you, Elliot. First, your storyline to watch. King Henry back, man. King's Henry back. That, that's that's a storyline everyone got to watch out for, yo. Like, I'm not gonna lie. When he first got hurt, I was cool with shutting him down for the entire year. Like, I was fine with it. Um, but he's he's come back. He looks strong. The Tennessee Titans are probably, and this is not me being a fan. Um. They're probably the most disrespected number one seed I have seen in a long time. Like, they're not the media darling. They're not everyone's favorite. Um, but this team has one gotten sneakily healthy. Vrabel is possibly and should be the coach of the year. Um, Julio, AJ he should Brown. Be. He look, should be the coach of the year. Yeah, 100%. Um, AJ Brown, Julio Jones look healthy. Like, that's a very key thing. And his defense has been stingy and very efficient. Like we were mentioned earlier, like how this defense has made a complete 180 versus last year to this year. And the key was that because Mike Braber was coaching the defense, but he was also taking care of the offense. So he's splitting his time. And this year he made the decision to hire a defensive coordinator that specializes in the front seven. Um, and that was his whole thing. And the defense has, has took it off. Look at Jeffrey Simmons. You know, second uh, second team All Pro Pro Bowl. You know, outside of what Aaron Donald and maybe like another guy whose name is slipping me right now, it's probably one of the best interior D linemen, best young interior D linemen um, under three years. Kevin Bayard, guy's a ball hawk. Go look at that Los Angeles Rams game and tell me that guy is not flying all over the place. Um, you know, Eric Molden, he's a rookie, and he's been solid defensively within pass coverage. Um, Jalen Brown, another guy, been solid in the middle linebacker spot. So, yeah, so that, that's pretty much my top storyline here. Mm-hmm. All right. J- JB, what's your – okay. All right. So, I'll get 
All right. So um, I got a few storylines, obviously. Um, so we got two matchups that are week three uh, rematches. Obviously, the uh, 49ers versus the Packers. Then also the Rams versus the uh, Buccaneers. Um, this is, you know, two matchups. And then also a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. Um, like you said, the media darlings, the Buffalo Bills, what they're going to do, especially in, a, in you know in a hostile environment in Kansas City, one of the loudest places um, in there. And this is, like Mike Tomlin said last week, don't blink. This is another matchup where don't blink blink because essentially these are going to be this this is going to be a high high wired firework display of of offense so it's just one of the things i like um that's another you know key matchup and then also cincinnati can they run this train you think about it for the simple fact of hey they had their first playoff win in in 30 plus years they actually sent a playoff text um (laughs) so you know so hey you know that's the that's the you know um, what's going to happen with that? But um, yeah, that was a, pretty much primarily my storylines to watch. I'm gonna get JB cue me in real quick. All right, so, all right. So JB, what's your um your storylines to watch in the divisional round? Okay, so my big story uh, is how how well does Derrick Henry look? Um, I mean, if he is, uh, I don't expect for him to look too good because he's missed so much time. But I mean, like if he can do enough. I think that Tennessee should be able to win this game. I think one of the things I'm looking at in the Tennessee Cincinnati matchup is I look at, I think that Tennessee does a lot of stuff that Cincinnati's not good at. I think Cincinnati is a good young team, but I think that they're a bit too finesse. Um, I think that Tennessee is a more physical team and I think that they should be able to beat uh, Cincinnati this week. So, um, the biggest storyline I'm looking at is because this goes back to like 2012. I think that we have to look at the the Packers and the 49ers because historically the 49ers have had Aaron Rodgers number. I mean, they've beaten them in the playoffs, but like three times, Yeah, 2012, I believe 2013. And then also uh, the the NFC championship game in 2019. I mean, they've historically, they have uh, roughed up Green Bay. Uh, And um, I honestly give San Francisco a good chance in this game too. I understand that they have some injuries. Warner's out. Uh, There's, uh, there are some doubts about whether Joy Bosa can play, but Green Bay's defense is a bit vulnerable. Um, I think San Francisco will be able to run the football on them um, like they were able to run the football on Dallas. Um, and it's Aaron Rodgers' toe hill. I mean, that's another thing, too. If San Francisco can get to Aaron Rodgers throwing four, uh, rushing four, I think that San Francisco could pull off an upset. But I'm looking, can Aaron Rodgers beat San Francisco um, this time around? Because he's 0-3 against them in the playoffs, so... This is that's a big storyline I'm looking at. And the other storyline I'm looking at too, man, is uh this Tampa Bay LA game is really intriguing too. I mean, I think all four of the games are very intriguing for a number of reasons, but uh Tom Brady has struggled against uh LA the past few years, and LA has been able to get pressure on him. Uh so I mean, I I, I think that there are a lot of interesting storylines like last year's AFC championship game. Um it looks like maybe the winner of that Kansas City Buffalo game is probably going to be the favorite to, you know, make it to the Super Bowl. So, 
a lot of interesting storylines in these games. Yeah. And it goes back to your point, like <laughs> the most disrespectful number one seed. No, I mean, I've been saying like, it's just, it's just saying it's, it's funny because it's almost to, to his point where they're going to, if, if Tennessee win, they're going to host a, host an AFC championship game. And like you said, it's not, it, it's true. I mean, but it, it, yeah. it just speaks to what he's saying as far as how yeah. the disrespect is there. Like, yeah, look, that's all. If we host the <laughs> AFC championship game, there's going to be everyone picking either the Bills or Chiefs to cover there and steamroll us. Like it's a goddamn practice game. Well, I don't think it's gonna be. A, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's gonna be a steamroll. But I. I would. I would probably like make them slight favorites. Like I. I don't think Tennessee's a bad team. I just think that when we look at, I think one of the knocks on Tennessee actually is the fact that they offensively seem seem to be a bit challenged from the standpoint that how are they going to score the points if Henry's not running wild? I, I think that's the thing. I think that it's more on those things where. I think people like them, but there are some doubts about Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback if he can't play action. So I think that's the thing. I mean, and that's very true. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Like, I think the thing about Ryan Tannehill, and if you ask any time fan, like we know who Ryan Tannehill is. We're not out making him to be like he's Jimmy Garoppolo, like he's the next coming of God or anything like that. But yeah. when you look at Tennessee, I think Tennessee does a great job of – if you almost look at the team, they're, they kind of remind you of the very early Patriots. Like they do, they do nothing exceptionally great, but they do everything very well. Yeah, like, they can run the ball well. They can pass the ball medium, short, long. You know, they can hit you with the play of fake screen defensively. They can run. They can play the run really well. They can play the pass really well. The thing about Tennessee is one: if they can limit the big plays, and that's something like you were alluding to, Chris, like. Um, Cincinnati is a very finesse team. They are looking to blow the top off. They're looking to build momentum. They're kind of like, I wouldn't say like up-tempo, but they're looking to, you know, be ahead of the play clock almost. If Tennessee can kind of limit that, control the time of possession, build long drives, it's going to go well for Tennessee. I think if you force Tennessee to quicken up the tempo, I think you take Tennessee out of that comfort zone a little bit. If Tennessee can keep, even if we go into the fourth quarter down seven, I still feel good. But if it gets anywhere between that 14, 17 ish range, then I start getting nervous. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons why I think that they maybe are slightly disrespected. So, like, for instance, like, look, uh, Josh Allen, um, for some of his faults, he has a big time arm. And if Buffalo is down by 14 points, maybe you don't worry about Buffalo as much. But Tennessee is one of those teams where if they were to get off to like a slow start, like if they were down 13 nothing or like something like 17 to three, I kind of have my doubts whether they're going to be able to come back and win the game because you probably are going to have to like have a quick strike with Tannehill hitting somebody like on a big play. And I think that limits Henry. I think that's one of the reasons why I think Tennessee's not as respected as per se, like going, I expect from beast today, but like, I think going into like the game next to whether it's Buffalo or whether it's like Kansas city, that they're probably going to be like slight underdogs because if they get off to a slow start, you have questions about whether they will be able to come back and win the game. So, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 100% right. Like, yeah, I, 
when, when I look at this team, I think one, I don't think this team is overlooking his hand because I think the pressure is on us. Even yeah. I, you know, we're slightly like, oh, well, we're kind of like this disrespect. Once he says that, he comes in with the momentum. It's kind of like I look at it, not last year's play, but the players before that, like we're kind of playing with house money in the sense of like, if we lose, no one's going to be like, oh, well, this team is wasn't a deserving of number one seat, you know. But if we win, now you go in the next week, and then you're even a bigger underdog. Like, I kind of think Vrabel is also kind of building this sense of, like, because if you look at his press conference, he's been talking about it, how, you know, no one's really talking about us. We're kind of just doing our thing, being under the radar. We're just kind of just making sure that we can control the things that we can control. And, I, and you know, I'm just – I'm not optimistic because being a Titans fan, I've always been used to just us just crashing and burning. But I, I feel a little bit positive about this team going in towards it, just how we're playing yeah. that we're home. You know, that's kind of like the biggest thing. Like, we're home and we're finally healthy because this year we, we led the league in injured players, players on IR, and different starters. Like, we had 91 players hurt. I mean, 91 players dress for us. That's insane. Yeah. Like, any team that has 91 players dress <laughs> for them is usually like a 6, 11, 5, and 12 team. Like, you're not making the playoffs. And the fact that we got the number one seed out of that is insane. Yeah, and like you said, it is kind of a Belichick S as far as kind of under the radar, kind of a chip on next your man. shoulder. Next man, next, next man, next man up, next man up. Yeah, yeah. As far as like the mentality, as far as no, you know, everybody counting against you, always using that chip against chip, um, chip on your shoulder. Where yeah. you know, like I said, they're number one team, team, but you know, number one seed in the, in the AFC. But everybody's disrespecting us, and he's gonna like I said, he's gonna carry that narrative and carry that story. So oh, yeah. it Most does have man. a Belichick ish type of. Uh, type I mean, of even if you look at like our wide receiver core, like AJ Brown, Julio Jones at the beginning of the year, like everyone was like, "Oh, so they had AJ Julio, like they right. had Derrick Henry," and people it's forget like they won't get it off at the beginning of the year. Julio was out, like you know. Two, three games with the hamstring. AJ had the pet um, tear and the rib injury. And Derrick Henry was leading the league in rushing. I think all the way up until week 14 or 15, I think he was still in the top five of rushing. And mind you, the dude hadn't played in six weeks. Bro, like, that's he, how insane he was the first, like, yeah. two months of the season. Um, But even outside of that, I mean, you also just look at it. Like, the wide receiving core, like Westbrook Enu. And um, Jordy, like, guys were just stepping up, making big plays, making big catches. Yeah, there were mistakes here and there. You know, go look at the Texas home game. Go look at the Jets game. You know, games that we should have won, but the wide receiver core was just so young. And Tannehill was kind of forcing it here there, whatever. But, you know, the guys gained the experience. It got better for them. Yeah. Shout out to Joe White. <laughs> My, my, you know, I had to do that little dig, my bad, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, fellas, we got, um, let's see what we got next. Um, game to watch in the divisional round. I'm gonna go with you first, Elliot. Yo, um, game to watch. Um, outside of my game, because I'm definitely gonna be watching that. Um, <laughs> I'm really interested. I'm just ready to see how this Green Bay San Fran game is gonna go. Um, because like you were saying, like. Aaron Rodgers hadn't been San Fran. And we all know that Aaron Rodgers, he got love for San Fran. Like, that's where he's probably going to go if he was let go this year. Um, 
And I want to see, can he get over that hump? Can he get the AFC championship game at home? Because his biggest thing was, I want to play an AFC championship, I mean, an NFC championship game at home. I want an NFC championship game at home. He gets over San Fran and Tampa Bay or the Rams are on the other side. I kind of like Green Bay because that, that Rams team, I'm sorry to say it, that team is built on finesse. They are built probably for like a good two seasons before either the salary crap, age, or injuries catch up to that team. So they're trying to capitalize now, and I don't trust that team in the cold weather of Green Bay, where it's probably going to be below five or something like that. Tampa Bay, I don't kind of like them going to Green Bay either because they're so dinged up. They don't have the ruddy game that can help protect Tom Brady and elite pressure and things like that, also losing top receivers. So I, I want to see how Green Bay does. Can they get over the hurdle of San Francisco, who looked good against Dallas? Um, and can they, you know, I, Nick Bosa's play what left defensive end or right? I think he plays more left, right? They move him around, he they move him around, they move him around sometimes. Okay, so I mean, it's really just want to see how the guards deal with him as well. If, the, if Green Bay guards can deal with him and try to put a like a lock on him, I think Green Bay might, might end up winning this game by double touchdowns. JB, what's your game to watch this week? Uh, oof, I think the game to watch, I mean, I think it's that Sunday night game, uh, that Kansas City-Buffalo game. Um, I think Kansas City is definitely a better team now than they were when they got smacked by Buffalo on Sunday night football earlier this year. What When was it, like week five or week six or something uh, like that? Week five, yeah, Monday night. Week I mean, five, yeah, yeah, when they got when they got destroyed by them. Um uh, that game, I'm just really interested because I don't think Josh Allen's going to have quite the same game he had against New England. I think just the stars line perfectly for him. Now, the reason why I'm really interested in the game is because actually I'm interested in it, not because of Kansas City's offense, because their offense has been a bit off. Even when they were winning all these games, something's just seemed off about their offense. Their defense has been good, man. This is the best defense they've had ever. Um, you know, like, uh, Chris Jones, uh, has been a revelation for them, um, playing tackle and, you know, getting pressures and stuff like that. And, um, I'm just really looking at forward at this game because I think this game is going to be a really, really, really good game. Watch, watch ends up being like a bad game and like Buffalo ends up blowing them out or something like that. But like, I I think the game's going to be pretty good. And the other game I'm looking at too, uh, uh, what he mentioned uh, that uh, the Green Bay San Francisco game is very intriguing. Yeah, um, I, obviously I think it's going to be Bills and the Chiefs. Um, I'm definitely curious as once again, um, you know, we look at Kansas City and their offense versus uh, Buffalo's uh, pass defense, which has been pretty stout for the most part. Uh, I, the matchup I really want to see is. Uh, Travis Kelsey and Matt Milano. I think that's going to be a good, solid matchup between the two. Um, I'm really curious as far as like how McKinnon is going to be used in this game. And I know, especially you know how to have him is you know especially in, in the passing game. How can Buffalo handle that? You, normally, Buffalo is really good when it comes to um, receiving running backs. So that's going to be a very interesting matchup, like you said. And I think Kansas City has kind of calmed down from how they were in week five, because I think that one, I think 
Patrick Holmes threw like two interceptions, and it's between that and that Tennessee game, that was a turning point. So I think we see a different Mahomes. Obviously, I think now he just hey he just settles in and take what defense gives him. So versus you know in that in that month that Sunday night game, he just you know was just throwing all over the place. So you can see kind of all the errant throws he threw in that in that game in week five. So um, I'm very very interested um of of along with uh and K um you know then also just uh, like I said Buffalo's pass defense um you know could you know leave out Wallace and also um could he make some plays like he did last week against um New England so that's gonna be really the most I think in my in my opinion it's gonna be the most intriguing uh matchup of the week so yeah all right so fellas let's see what we got next all right, which home team should be on upset alert? I'm gonna go with you first, Elliot. What you got? Whoo! Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna put Tampa Bay and I'm gonna put Tennessee in that in that mix. Okay. Tampa Bay just because of injuries. Tennessee just because they're going against a team that is very hot right now. Uh, and Tennessee just has to be focused. Pretty much, it. I think those are the two biggest teams all upside on it right now. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that one. Uh, JB, who you got? Um, I definitely think Tampa Bay should be on upside alert. Actually, uh, if I was picking a game where I was like, I expect for the road team to come out and win the game, I think I would definitely pick uh, the Rams. I just think that. Brady's team is a bit banged up. He doesn't have a lot of options at receiver. Um, uh, Tristan Wirfs was hurt uh, in the game over the weekend, which could end up being huge. And, like, just historically speaking, this offensive line has struggled against that L.A. Rams defensive front. Um, and we all know that, like, most quarterbacks don't like pressure up the middle. Like, Aaron Darnold is tough, man. Um, so I, I definitely would put uh, – I definitely put the uh, – I put the Bucks on upset alert. And um, – I'm putting the Chiefs on upset alert as well, too. Um, I think that the Bills uh, definitely could go there and beat them again. So, yeah. those are the two games that um, the two teams I would put on upset alert. Yeah, this one is going to be interesting. And yeah, mine's going to be the Bucks. I think, like you said, the situation with uh, Tristan Wirfs uh, being out, and you look at it, even when when he that, that immediately the first play after he um, sustained an injury. After he got off the field, what ended up happening? My guy Ryan Kerrigan goes in for that sack. So you look at, you know, a guy like, you know, so you think of a guy like, like I said, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, they're going to eat on that, on that offense. They're going to destroy Tom Brady potentially. Um, what could be their potential saving grace? And it's, and it's weird because, and you, like you said, LA is finesse. Because you you think to yourself, oh, you got Jalen, you know Jalen Ramsey, aka the Sass guard. You got him. You think, oh, they pass defense got to be elite. Not necessarily. No, they got probably one of the worst pass defenses in the league. So yeah. it's just one of those things where, like you said, it's built on finesse. But I think the simple fact of having worse out, like you said, and I think that's going to give them give them plenty, plenty of opportunities to eat. You're going to have guys that's going, um, you know, on there, and like you said, they're they're depleted. Um, their secondary, not the secondary, but yeah, the secondary is as well. But anyway, 
that that point. But more as far, like you said, the wide receiver core is depleted. Their running back core is depleted as well. So, you know, this ain't Philly. I mean, even though you know, you just look at how they, you know how they looked last week, but this ain't Philly. So, you know, this you know you're not going to be you know not going to be able to win games the way that you did last week uh, off of what you did last week. So, Tampa is definitely um, an upset alert team. Like you said, I think. Green Bay as well, potentially. I think Green Bay is is up there as far as that. Cause like you said, we they've had their number. And then it's just, you know, what can they do um to stop like, you know, what's gonna be their plan against um stopping Debo? Because Debo is just like you say, he's just he's all over the place. He's a Swiss Army knife of the 49ers. And then also, um you know we talked about Kansas City. I think Kansas City, once again, like we said, I think that's that's another team that that could be potentially on upset as well, and you know, Buffalo's out for blood. Buffalo, you know, obviously their last year, um, you know, and even I, I applaud them even at the, at the fourth quarter, even just you know to still stay in that game and still and, and play to the final whistle. So to me, I look at Buffalo as coming in uh, with blood, and everybody's been doubting them. They, you know, they started off early. Then came down, and then you know people was oh man, this team ain't even make the playoffs. I mean, people were even were saying that. You know when they dropped that seven seed uh, once upon a time, and now that's been a distant memory. You know, ever since that Monday Night Football debacle, and then you know the heartbreaker in Tampa was probably <laughs> yeah, there. But, and you know, it's, yeah. and and you know, it's kind of funny. Sometimes I think people think that a that a win will change your season. Sometimes actually a loss will actually change your yeah. season for the yeah. for the better. And I think yeah. them losing those two games in six days, even though they were like quite painful, I think that yeah. them coming back in that Tampa game gave them confidence going forward and they haven't lost yeah. a game since then. So Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it was yeah, and more so like I was saying, like the like with the you know, everybody was thinking, well, they was gonna win the the, the they was gonna lose not lose, but um, New England was going to win the AFC East. That was that, you know, that Jones going to do the ball three times and they ran the ball the whole entire time. And then was it week 16, week 17 when Josh Allen went off. And then we know what happened last week uh, with that beat New England by 30. But like you said, that's just one of those where I think they kind of have honed in and even in those, those adverse situations, they rose up to the occasion. So, yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So let's play a little would you rather. All right. Would you rather trust Jimmy G or Matthew Stafford to pull off a road win? Uh, I'm going to go to you first, Elliot. <laughs> uh, I'll take Jimmy G because he's actually done it before. Um, taking the team to the Super Bowl is actually, I think, won a road playoff game and uh, recently just proved it against Dallas. Uh, I trust him a little bit more than Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford, and don't get me wrong. He, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks because he's a dog. Um, but I think Matthew Stafford is one of those quarterbacks where he needs everything to be perfectly aligned for him, for him to win and succeed. So I, I trust Jimmy G a little bit more. I feel you on that one. What you got, JB? <clears throat> well, I think Jimmy G is kind of the same way, too. <laughs> I think both of them. Um, are kind of like the same quarterback, although Stafford has a better arm. I think most quarterbacks, I think the only two quarterbacks where things just don't have to go their way from the do well would probably be Rodgers and uh, and Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
I mean, Jimmy G. Jimmy G's done it before. He went on the road um, on Sunday, and he won. But, yeah, give me Jimmy G um, to do it because Jimmy G's won more playoff games than Stafford has. But Jimmy G has some issues, too. Jimmy G, like, single-handedly let Dallas back in the game on Sunday. He did. So, I mean, like, they both, they both have some bad things that they can do where they just, like, what the hell are you doing? But, yeah, give me Jimmy G. To yeah, pull off a road win, so both can lose your playoff game. <laughs> Historically, we've seen that. Yeah, but like you said, and even with Jimmy G, the experience, and literally he was an overthrown pat throw away from actually winning the Super Bowl. If he would have connected to Emmanuel Sanders, hey, we could be potentially talking about the San Francisco 49ers winning the Super Bowl. But like you said, I, I'm just gonna look at it from the experience. Like you said, I think I'm gonna go solely based on the experience. And this is the beauty thing about it, it could change next week. Matthew Savage could have a hell of a game next week and it might change the narrative, or in two weeks, or even make it to the Super Bowl. Then and that's the kind of the beauty thing about all this, where and it's based on really the experience. And you know, Detroit, I think when he was with Detroit, I think they went to I mean, they went to the playoffs with like two or three times. Three times. I know y'all three times because yeah, y'all beat them once in twenty fourteen. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, they went twenty. Them. They won twenty eleven. They lost to the Saints, um, Saints. on in, in a highly entertaining Saturday night game. I remember that game. Watching yeah. the game in Korea, they lost yeah. in twenty fourteen to uh, to Dallas, and then twenty sixteen they went to Seattle and they lost Seattle to Seattle. Lost. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and that was a pretty good game as well too. So you know, it's just one of the things like. Go, go solely based on just experience alone. Um, and these guys have, you know, they have similar bodies of work, like you said, as far as they do have that opportunity for you to – they can lose a game for you. And like you said, Jimmy G, just about almost – he did almost everything in his power to almost lose that game in some case, especially that oh, – I couldn't believe he threw that interception. <laughs> that pick six, I was like, bro, you letting them come back, bro. Like, but – but hey, you know, but it is what it is. So, fellas, round out our preview. It's prediction time. So, I'm gonna go over. So, we got uh, the Titans and the Bengals to start us off on Saturday. Um, do it, Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> who you got? Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go 23 17 Tennessee. Okay, Tennessee. All right. We got JB. <laughs> uh, give me Tennessee. Uh, I'll take Tennessee. Tennessee, uh, thirty-one. Cincinnati, twenty-four. Um, yeah. Give Give me Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> go and host that. Go and host that. Uh, the AFC Championship game. <laughs> no. All right. So we got the Saturday night game. We got. Let's see. Oh. Packers and Forty Niners. Yeah, Packers and the Forty Niners. All right. Uh, Ellie, who you got? Uh, give me Green Bay 41, San Francisco 30. Okay. Who you got, JB? Um, I'm going to go a little lower than that. Um, uh, give me give me Green Bay. Uh, give me Green Bay. I say Green Bay 27, San Francisco 20. It's going to be right. cold. I don't think there are going to be that many points scored in the game. Yeah. Um, give me um, – let's see. Nah, <laughs> give me the Packers. I think they'll take care of business. Um, I think San Francisco run is over. 
All right, so we got a Sunday afternoon game, uh, the 3.30 kickoff, almost a cha- championship S type of uh, yeah. kickoff. So we got <laughs> we got the um, L.A. Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who you got, Elliot? Oh, man. This is a hard one. To, this is probably the hardest game to pick. Uh, uh, give me Tampa. Okay. All right. Okay. Give me t- Tampa 20 to 17. Okay. Okay. Who you got? Who you got, JB? I'm going with the Rams. Uh, give me the Rams. Uh, just make up a score. Tw- Rams 28, uh, Tampa 24. All right. Um, give me uh, the Rams as well. I definitely think they're going to take care of business. I think Linda Ford will eat. He's going to take care of business. All right. So. Rounding out divisional uh, week, we got the Bills and the Chiefs, a marquee matchup of the uh, of the night. Uh, fireworks display. Uh, Will you got, uh, Ellie? Uh, I have. Ooh. I got Kansas City beating Buffalo in overtime, twenty eight twenty five. Okay. Okay. All right, who you got, JB? Give me Buffalo. Buffalo 30, Kansas City 26. 30 to 26. I got to stay 10 toes down with my uh, my already prediction of who's going to make it to the Super Bowl. So I, I I got the Chiefs. I had the Chiefs going. I had the Chiefs and the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. So give me the Chiefs. <laughs> so I got I to stay 10 toes down. So my two teams that I predict are still in the dance. So... I got. I got to go. I got to roll with that. So yeah, give me. Uh, <laughs> give, give me um, definitely the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So let's put a bow on this week's Couch Coach Live, man. Um, so before we head out, Elliot, uh, social media. We'll go around the horn, fellas. Uh, social media, any upcoming projects, anything you want to uh, promote or plug. I'm gonna go with you yeah. first, Elliot. What you got? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I just want to say thank you all for allowing me to come on y'all's show. Uh, you guys do a great job here. I listen okay. to it whenever I'm at work grading papers. Uh, <laughs> but you can follow me on social media at uh, Yogi McLovin. Um, you can follow my two podcasts, the Richmond Kickers one, uh, River City 93. If you're interested in coming out to a game, feel free to DM us. Uh, we'll hook you up, let you know what you need to do. If you want to just hang out with us. Um, and you can also follow my other podcast, Can I Kick It FC. You can follow us on, on Twitter at C-I-K-I-F-C. For those who don't know, Can I Kick It FC is a black history soccer podcast. So pretty much um, each episode highlights and uplifts a certain black uh, moment, athlete, coach, or team within the game. So, yeah, you can check us out there. Yeah, definitely once again. Hey, and um... – Probably had you on the show before the season starts, so yeah, probably about late March we'll get you on for the hey. during the tournament, do something, you know what I'm saying? And then you know, because we you know we got we got to be in the spot on on, uh, on April the second, no doubt. Yeah, we definitely, got to be there. We got to be there. All right, JB, uh, social media in the no. No, no, no social media, no, no social media, no social media. I know I keep on, pro- I know I keep on problem. Like Chris, you just, I think you're gonna have to, like, you know, like take out a gun on me, put a gun to my head, make me like do Instagram. <laughs> so, yeah, I keep saying I'm gonna do it. I keep on being lazy. I'm just. 
been doing other stuff, man. So yeah, no, I'm on I'm on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Jamie Jamie Bailey. Um, on Facebook, that's it. Yeah, hey, man, right? Hey, trust me. If I if I had a podcast, I don't think I would be on social media. Honestly, at this point, yeah. I'm. I'm. Yeah, especially at this point. I mean, I've been on Facebook since I my since I was an adult. All my adult years, I've been on Facebook. So yeah, I'll be like you. I'll be the same way. If I if I had a podcast, nope, I'd have been off the grid years ago. But yeah, so uh, follow the uh, podcast anyway. Get your um on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Couch Coach Live. Also, check us out on TikTok. We do a little bit more on TikTok um, for clips, audio clips of the shows. We'll have those um, brewing um, as well. So definitely follow us on our social media. Also, check us out on um, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. We're there. And then also check out, I'm like you, I'm like you, you, um, you Elliot. I got a second podcast as well. Uh, the Washington Football Guys podcast, uh, definitely check us out. Um, we are somewhat on a on a break, but we'll be back on uh, two weeks from tonight on uh, two two twenty two. Um, so we'll be back on um, on that day. So definitely check us out um, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Washington Football Guys. Also, we got um, YouTube as well. So. Definitely, once again, appreciate you fellas for coming on this week's Couch Coach Live. We definitely um, gotta gotta um, you know go you know go to the West End and catch some some soccer. <laughs> definitely gotta head on head back to the West. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to the to the LA Coliseum <laughs> on the West End. <laughs> Nestled, nestled in 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 heart of Cary Town, so definitely huge. Um, shout out to you once again, Elliot. Another, you know, another RVA guy, Southside. So yeah, definitely, man. definitely gotta, you know, definitely gotta uh, shout you out when every time we we get the opportunity to link up. But yeah, all right. <laughs> so this has been this week's Couch Coach Live, man. We will catch you guys next week, and we're out. Peace. Peace. All right.